From a very early age, we've all been taught the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But what did Jesus really mean when he gave us that directive? Today on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake, we'll learn that doing to others goes much deeper than we might think. Drake Hunter is senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, founder of the nonprofit Four Dimensional Living, as well as the author of three books, including his latest Wonderfully Weird and the soon to be published fourth book, Wonderfully Weird Goodness. Now, this week's edition of Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. I'm John Waters, your host, and uh, Pastor Drake, uh, hello. Hello and good day, John. Hey, uh, today is a special day as uh, this place. Uh, it is Mother's Day. Yes, it is. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially to our moms. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, happy Mother's Day. It's it's always a special day uh, when you when you think of your mom and, and you know, part of uh, the experience of our life. Somebody had to be that incubator, if you will, and get mm-hmm. us into life so that then we then become a channel for God here uh, here on earth. So yeah, happy Mother's Day. Even Jesus had a mother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we do want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And uh, we just love you and, and appreciate you all so much for what you do and uh, how God has um, trusted you, uh, moms, with life. Yes. And what a wonderful command we have today for this, because this most moms teach, teach this particular wonderfully weird command of Jesus, do unto others. Very, very familiar command. Uh, and so we're going to be uh, looking at this command today and diving deeper into it. And actually what it means, you know, in that common, on the common sense of our faith, so that we can truly use it to better each other, where we become better together, as I say often. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. Our moms have taught us do unto others as you would have them do unto you the golden rule. So let's let's really dive in, Drake, to what that means, though, for the Christian. When Jesus said that, it wasn't just a nice little saying for us to remember. He had some uh, very deep meaning behind it. Yes, and it is there as a gift as well because we have to uh, understand our responsibility. Once we we get to a, a certain mature level in, in as a Christian, we are responsible to do unto others. Now, this command sits in a, a couple different places in Scripture. Actually, more than that, three or four I can think off the top of my head. But let's let's read the scripture uh, that uh, reflects Jesus's teachings out of Matthew and also the book of Luke. So Matthew seven twelve is where this general command sits, where he says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them to do to you, for this sums up the law, all the expectations, if you will, all, all of those uh, standards of God and the prophets that we read about in the Old Testament and what their role and responsibility was to get us to a good life. And then, of course, Luke 6.31, Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, John, let me say this. If we could obey this law, if you will, this moral law of Jesus, we can even say teachings, we will experience the kingdom of God without a shadow of a doubt. But the challenge is there's a lot of misunderstanding. And of course, uh, this, this particular, we can say, principle or teaching falls into a lot of other systems of thought. But we have to understand, Christian, we are to think like Christ, and we are to understand 
all of these commands, this command through the wisdom of God and not through, let's say, the broken teachings of religion, uh, through those toxic relationships that we've had throughout our lives. And perhaps it is your mom or dad or whatever. And not even through the experience of what we might think this is subjectively. We're not to lean onto our own understanding, but to trust God with all of our heart. So, you know, again, how important is it to really know what this command is about? And, of course, why is it so important? Understanding what, why it is so important. So let's kind of look at that. What, what is this command? And let's go in that direction. But before I do, John... Share with me what you're thinking. Well, as usual, you have a question that you like to use to really set up the direction that you're going. And so give us that question. Drake. Okay, here's the question that's on my mind this, uh, this morning, or I should say today. Are you a channel through which God can do good towards others in your life? Or we can say in life. It's so important to understand that. You know, God had to get us into this world. And of course, that's where mom and dad comes into the picture. But we have to understand our primary role in life is not a channel through our family, but to be a channel for God so that we can truly do good towards others so that we become better in this life. And then we transition into the next life where we just become better together for all eternity. It's huge to understand that. And once we understand that, and this, this will be a great gift maybe for many out there when it comes maybe to some broken relationships you might have with your parents or whatever that might be. But it's extremely important to understand that God had to get you into this world and whatever the circumstance, wherever the place, whatever that is for you, understand you're, it's just a channel to get you into this world and then fulfill God's plan. If we can understand that and we are created by the by God, by this very intelligent being with design, I tell you what, our self-worth is going to flip. And we're going to truly understand why we're here and uh, understand our role and responsibility and our purpose. And we're going to truly have a satisfying life, or we can say fulfilled life, along with being very effective or fruitful in this life, where, yes, we are praising God in who we are, who I am, but at the same time, we're helping others to truly uh, be effective in God's plan in that goodness. And so, wow, with that, that is powerful because then we can truly do something and carry out that cultural mandate that we see in Genesis 1. You know, as uh, as you were talking there, something hit me, Drake. Sure. In the, So in this golden rule, Jesus says, do to others uh -huh. as you would have them do to you. And I think we tend to, in our pride, uh, we tend to flip that around to uh, I will do to you what you have done to me. Oh, eye for an eye, yeah. Rather than uh, Jesus is saying, no, it has nothing to do with what the other person has done. It's your own responsibility yeah. to project God's goodness to that other person, regardless of who they are, what they've done, or Absolutely. anything else. Love your enemy. Yeah, isn't that a true leader in life where you're not being affected by somebody else and, and triggered, let's say, in a toxic way, and then you're going to return whatever that is back to them. You are going to take the lead in God's plan in, in who you are, and you're going to turn that negativity, that, that toxicity, if you will, around, and you get to be a leader in this life. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then you become a leader when you truly understand your role and responsibility in, in, this, in this life where you are, that again, that channel of God so that you can truly and we can truly carry out uh, the, the plan of God, his purpose. And, and that's why we're here. 
uh, not for our own purpose, even though God has created you with a purpose, but now we've got to connect with others so we can become fruitful and effective. Uh, you know, John, uh, quickly before I answer the question, what, what this command is about and why it's important, you know, it's, it's, I'm amazed in the Christian faith how many Christians do not understand the difference between being fulfilled and being fruitful. They're not the same. Now, being fulfilled is just being satisfied, being completely fulfilled in that, uh, let's say, that identity that God has given you, uh, in being autonomous, in self-regulation and and self-leadership and all of that, and and then also in that purpose that he's given you. But we have a role and responsibility to connect with others, do unto others, so that we then can be fruitful and effective, not, not even in our little caves. We step out of the tomb as we see Jesus out of the tomb, and we ascend in that goodness uh, all the way through the time that God has given us. Then we meet face-to-face in eternity with God. But we do have a role and responsibility to make sure that we create that, can I say that, antithesis in God's goodness where we are satisfied and fulfilled praise God. and But then as we serve humanity, that's being fruitful and doing it together. And we are truly uh, living in God's kingdom now and for all eternity. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, a prayer that uh, you have um, uh, said many <laughs> yes. times that really, I think, sets this up well. The others prayer where you're uh, praying, you know, help me to focus on others. Right. And, and that's exactly when we get to, uh, you know, our bearings, can I say, in the faith and we're starting to understand our roles and responsibility, we should then turn to others. And the prayer that comes to my mind often. I probably say it two or three times a week just in my reflection or just walking. It goes like this, Lord, prepare me day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray that my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Let me live for others that I may be more like thee. Now, if you've been around, that is an old hymn. That's where I got that, but I brought it into my own reality so I can constantly be reminded through my reflection time and that intimate time with God, my responsibility to truly help others, support others, to truly lean into relationships where I get to share love and we get to have freedom in the relationship and how God designed relationship to be and then be responsible in that, where again, that we are truly being effective uh, in the faith together. And so, yes, a beautiful, quick prayer that uh, I adopted Good night, three decades ago now. And and it's a constant reminder of my role and my responsibility then. As I'm obeying that command, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, the key here, John, and and so many people, forget this. You have to go after, uh, you know, your identity, your purpose in the sense of how God designed you. And so many people want to help others and do all of that without having an understanding and they're not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a, a civil war, as we shared a couple of weeks ago, in their soul. And you know what? Be careful with that because you need to resolve all of those issues. Bring dignity uh, to your life by understanding that you're created by a supreme being that loves you, has a design for you. Find your identity. Once you find the identity in Christ, then your purpose will be revealed. And then you fulfill that calling that he's given you. So important because we have a lot of Christians that are bullying and being religious about all of this. And there is no peace. You don't see the fruit of the spirit in their own reality. They're trying to cast it or project it to everybody else. And you cannot do that when your tank is empty or you have no uh, seed or structure or you're not organized that way. You're not helping anything. You're just being religious. Yeah. 
Well, today's wonderfully weird command is do unto others. So, Drake, talk about this command and why it's so important. Okay, what is this command? This command is about being the hands and feet of God to support, comfort, and encourage each other. There's that word others, do unto others. Now, it's important because it is what binds or bonds us or binds you to God's love and then brings freedom to, to life in, in the sense of how God designed us, not our parents or society or anything. And then it's so important, it holds people accountable to be responsible in that common understanding, we can say common faith, uh, in, in God's love, in that freedom, in that responsibility. So there you go. I just named, you know, three things why it's so important. It's so important because of love, again, because of, I'm losing the second word, <laughs> love, freedom, hello, and responsibility. And so let's look at those. Let, yeah. Can we uncover that today to kind of see what are we going to do to other, well, others? Well, first of all, we're going to love them. And then at the same time, we are going to be free in the sense of not judging them and let them be free in how God created them to be. Huge. And then, of course, uh, responsibility. I want to be responsible to you, John, and to others so that then we can come together and really make this extremely effective where we are going to be fruitful. And we have to understand that. So let's let's look at it. Yes. Uh, it, it, it triggered something in my mind where you were talking there, uh, being responsible to others, but not being responsible for them. And that's right. where the freedom comes in, because too often it becomes that be like me syndrome where yes. you have to be like me in order for me to accept you and take responsibility for you. I'm not called to take responsibility for you. I'm yeah. called to be responsible to you. To, that's exactly right. And and how important is it to understand that? I call it the Pygmalion Project. And John, I know you know what that is. And that's, mm -hmm. we, we've got to stop controlling people and understand the other person in the sense of how God designed them to be. And then we are responsible, I guess, in, in that sense, to encourage them to help them become better in God's reality, and let's say not man's. Mm -hmm. And when we can do that, oh my goodness, we're going to uh, experience that love and the freedom that, that the Bible talks about often. In fact, I'm going to say overall, this is just coming from my heart. Those are the three general, you know, uh, understandings of the Bible, love, freedom, and responsibility, uh, generally speaking. And if you can understand those three, those three aspects and our responsibility to first and foremost, understand that in, in who we are. But then again, once we get our bearings in that, then we return the favor, if you will, and do unto others. And we do it the way the Bible instructs. Let's look at those three then, Drake, and not only those three, but also the other side of those three so that we can yes. more easily delineate what they mean. Yeah, and, and sometimes, well, I'm going to say most of the times, it's important to understand uh, who, who the good guys are, and can I say the bad guys, and that's mm -hmm. what we're going to do here. Uh, you know, we want to know what is good, but we also need to know what is evil. Now, here's the interesting part. Uh, oftentimes, we can't discern that, and we don't know, so what we call uh, bad God calls good and vice versa. What we think is good is bad. Mm -hmm. And so we got to start thinking as Jesus thinks, how God is thinking so that we can discern properly and then be discreet with those who truly want to lean into becoming better so that then we can help others and we can do unto others. So let's look at those three things. Now we've got love. Now love is a very uh, well-known word uh, in scripture and in life. 
But what is what is love? And and let's look at the opposing or the enemy to that, especially when it comes to relationships. Now, love when 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 love comes to mind for me, of course, a couple of verses. We got John three sixteen mm-hmm. for God so love the world. Which John? It's beyond me why Christians don't understand that responsibility. They for God so love my world, and I'll love my world. That's not what it says. Right. We have to love the world, humanity, folks. Mm-hmm. If we can understand that. Now, I didn't say you have to trust them. Right. What I said is we have a responsibility, and we're going to get to that in a second, to love the world, all human beings. And it's critical that we do understand that, or you're going to become the 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 opposite of what love is, what, what is known as an abandoner or a dropout. Or we, in the military, we call these people turncoats, if you will. Have you ever met somebody who, who has fallen in love quickly and they get into the relationship and they, and they love, but they abandon ship just as quick as mm-hmm. they fell in love? Especially when the ship isn't, it's on course, everything's going well. In fact, you're getting to the destination. And these are the ones that, it's, it's remarkable. Listen to my passion this morning. It's remarkable how we are going in a right direction in any relationship. And the abandoners, if you will, they fall in love with it, the newness of it all. And they get into it, but then they abandon ship when the ship is headed in the right direction. But many times what happens is in their own brokenness or their own understanding, these are where religious people come into to the picture. Uh, we're not doing it uh, in the sense of their criticism or their standards. or how, And they abandoned ship. And it's sad because we have to understand the difference. So love is about connecting with the heart and wanting the best for others. Mm-hmm. That's a general understanding of love, but isn't that what love is all about? Wanting the best for the other, helping other people reach their best potential in their goodness mm-hmm. through, of course, the good shepherd that gets us to our best potential, whatever that is. Now, on the other side of the coin, we do have uh, what uh, Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend uses this word, and I appreciate it in their book, Safe People. Uh, they're, they called them abandoners, and as I just shared. And these are people who can start a relationship but can't finish it. Oh, my goodness, uh, they jumped ship. And I, I think of our own experience in the church. We got there. I was there for a year loving them, but, you know, it didn't take long. And they're, they're in love. They love the newness and all that. But then uh, we, we started turning the ship in the right direction, and we had people jumping off ship all over the place they 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 enjoy the newness but then uh when they don't agree with let's say the direction because of whatever their reality is and they think you should be going somewhere else in their opinion not in in the reality and the principle of it all and they jump ship it's sad Mm -hmm. Uh, and it happens all the time not just in church but we see this happen uh in relationship with god how many christians have committed and they abandon ship and they have nothing to do really with god except uh being uh, let's say uh, entitled or enabled or whatever term there by God's promises, and they just take advantage of it. And well, and they may still come to church on Sunday yeah. and be on committees and all that kind of stuff, but they're emotionally <clears throat> absent. Right. Oh, yeah, and that's exactly right. So these people fall in love quickly and connect, but are the ones who are here today and God and gone tomorrow. Not necessarily physically, as you just shared, but emotionally as well. This is an emotional abandonment, if you will. Good starters but cannot sustain a relationship over time. They cannot finish. Well, that's the opposite of 
God's love. Because God is not an abandoner. We know that. And so we have to understand the difference. And we are to, first and foremost, again, understand that in the sense of who we are. But then we are to return that love to others. Do unto others. Nobody likes being abandoned. Nobody wants to start a relationship. And how many marriages have I officiated? And they start it and it's new. Nobody at that moment wants anybody to abandon them. But isn't it remarkable in our culture today, the divorce rate and... and, and Even among Christians. I'm speaking in the Christian faith here. And, and it's and here, I think the world is like at 60%. I believe in the Christian faith, it's about 75%. Now, let me say this. That doesn't mean that you sign the paper and you're divorced. You're a roommate with your spouse. That's mm-hmm. the same thing. You've abandoned. You're no longer connected through the heart. And you're just, uh, now you're married to loyalty in the sense of whatever that is for you. Uh, but there is no connection. There is no bond. There is no togetherness. You have your cave. She has her cave. You have your room. You have your friends. And there's no connection. Yeah, divorce happens so in so many different ways. Yeah. And it's mind-boggling what that number would be. So the second, uh, as we move on, Drake, the second word was freedom. Talk about that one a little well, bit. Well, I'm going to, you know what? I, I intentionally left this right here because I want you to quote your favorite verse here because the next one is freedom. And, and of course, uh, we know where this is, but John, share your favorite, your life verse. Well, my life verse is Galatians 5.1, where real simply, Jesus says, I've come to set you free. Why are you putting these shackles back on again? That's you know, right. And, and why are you taking all this stuff on yourself when I set you free from that. That's exactly right. And freedom, uh, this is the reason we go through Christ, because he came to fulfill the law, the standards of God, if you will, and the and the prophets. And he wants you to have a relationship in the freedom of what that is based on how God created that other person. Mm-hmm. Let, them fr- let them be free in who they are rather than being uh, critical and trying to, uh, let's say, Uh, chisel them out to be what the family expects or what society expects. And we've got to learn that freedom is about allowing a human being to be free in how they've been created in that independence of what that is and also in the purpose of that so they can fulfill their calling. You're becoming the distraction. Another word for distraction is the devil. And what happens is you cut that off. The plan of God is done. And now you're standing in an evil position. Uh, make sure you know what good and evil is here because freedom is all about. Now, the opposite of, of freedom is being critical. Mm-hmm. And critics are people who take, let's say, a parental role, the one-up, one-down role, with everyone they know. They are judgmental. Speak the truth without love. I'm telling you the truth. Well, if you don't have love with that, that's not truth, total mm-hmm. truth. You have half a truth in Half a truth is no truth at all. I think the Apostle Paul said, you're nothing more than a clanging gong. Yeah, that's exactly right. Religion. <laughs> and have little room for, these folks have little room for grace, for forgiveness. These are the people who are critical and somehow make you feel, and, and you've all been here, you're not good enough. These are people who are always after you because of something they don't like. Let me say these, this, these are the people who come to the world with their own standard. Let that sink in. And you are disappointing them in some way. These are people who talk down to you, one up, one down, or are wrapped up in, as I shared already, the one up, one down mentality. I'm older than you. 
I'm your mom and dad when you're an adult or whatever that is. It's 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 a critical stance and uh, it, it happens all the time, especially in the in, in the reality we live here in, in Colorado, in this part of Colorado. All right, quickly, the last one is responsibility versus uh, being irresponsible. And of course, we can go to Hebrews chapter 11. I believe most are familiar that are listening uh, to uh, this radio show. Uh, responsible people take ownership of their life and grow up. Mm-hmm. Paul says, it's, yeah, it's time to grow up in the faith. And rather than uh, trying, to, <laughs> trying to cause everybody to be born again and again and again and again and again and again, let's grow up and truly learn how to listen, learn how to do these things that Paul shared. And, and of course, Peter in the, in the New Testament so that we can truly grow up in the faith and truly learn how to love um, one another, how to truly uh, be free in who we are and be responsible. Now, just the opposite of that is, of course, uh, are people who are irresponsible. They refuse to grow up, and they they don't take care of themselves in the faith, physically or whatever. This is I'll do what I want syndrome. Real quickly, Drake, let's uh, we have just a moment left. Let's uh, give folks some steps they can take to obey this command, do unto others. Quickly, because we've already covered these commands. Number one, uh, to obey this command or all the commands, learn to be discerning. Discernment is key here. Uh, evaluate other people's motives and character to decide who are the sheeps and who are the goats. And yes, I am broadly to love the goats, and we'll call them the en- em- excuse me enemy, but... I'm not required to trust them. Discern that. And those that are truly wanting uh, that, that growth and they want to do it objectively and incrementally, do all you can to help them, to mm-hmm. support them, to fulfill that need, spiritually, emotionally, whatever that might be. Number two, be discreet. Uh, discretion. Be discreet about who you are so that we can gather information and who you are and going to cast your, let's say, your pearls to because we continue just to project all of our pearls to, to people, we think we have the right. Why are you doing that? You're wasting time. So be discreet on who you're going to help uh, and, and how you're going to help them so that you can uh, bring the greatest impact to God's kingdom. And one last thing is be sensitive. Isn't that what this command is all about? Uh, having the habit or uh, the virtue of sensitivity. Being sensitive is being aware of the pain in others, let's say, because of the healing we have received from God from similar hurts. So do unto others as it's been done to you. So be sensitive with this, but yet be very effective by doing your part in, we recommend always use the commands of Christ uh, that will give you that sensitivity that we need to help and do unto others. All right. We're all out of time for this week. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And uh, Pastor Drake, thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll see you again next week on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. If you would like to learn more or have any questions or comments, please feel free to email Pastor Drake at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. To obtain your own copy of the book Wonderfully Weird, please log on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com and click on the button that says Buy the Book. Wonderfully Weird Living is a ministry of four-dimensional living, offering wholeness coaching for mind, body, soul, and spirit. Also, would you please prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner to help the Wonderfully Weird Living ministry impact more and more lives? Please log on to www.the4dimensionalliving.com. That's 4dimensionalliving.com with the number 4. Now, for Pastor Drake Hunter, 
I'm John Waters wishing you a wonderfully weird week. <laughs>